You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica and today is a special episode where I am joined by a guest. So today's guest is Mason Taylor. Mason is from Superfeast and I have known Mason for quite some time now through socials. We actually haven't met in person. It's what you probably call these days a parasocial relationship. <laughs> Got to love that term. But this is something that I've wanted to do for ages and it has been amazing to actually carve out some time and talk to Mason and actually get to know him a little bit further. So if you don't know who Mason is, Mason Taylor is a tonic herbalist. He's also a wellness educator. He's the podcast host and founder of Superfeast. His work aims to keep the tradition of taste herbal medicine alive, which has played a pivotal role in the health of himself, his family, his community for more than a decade. He actually describes some pretty amazing stories in regard to this, even in his local community and the growth of Superfeast, which I enjoyed. Mason draws on the ancient wisdom of Taoism, weaving it into the most potent applications of herbal medicine for modern humans. Mason inspires and teaches people to become enchanted with their bodies, life and health, which you will certainly feel through your earphones today. He also brings a refreshing and cheeky sense of humor to his talks, podcasts and life because longevity relies on a good belly laugh. I love that. Mason and his family reside in the coastal regions near Byron Bay, Australia, where he can stay deeply connected to the rhythms of himself and nature. So without further ado, let's jump into today's podcast with Mason Taylor. Hey, Mason, thank you for joining us on the JCN Clinic podcast show. It's awesome to have you today. Yeah, it feels like it's like about time, eh, that we finally had some chin wags. Absolutely. I feel like you and I have been in a sort of circle um, and corresponding for quite a long time, but mainly through socials. I think this is literally the first time we've spoken oh well it's not really in person is it but actually being able to see each other's faces which is the next step in the world we live in that'll be next step but it's always it's so nice like building so organically and like I I love that about the way of like super feast has connected me with people you know like like yourself and when we can have a chat there's so much context there and so much like non you don't have to like feign interest in each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so true which is always the worst getting on a podcast and you're like you know because now there's the professional podcast host or guest mask and I can't stand it and I can hear it in people I hate doing it I hate being on those podcasts where people are like you know they're like it's so flattering it's so nice that they want to interview you know me and they're kind of interested in mushrooms but I'm like they're like so like tell me about this like really surfacey mm. kind of like 
impact part. And not that I don't mind talking on the surface, but it's nice like talking to you. There's like, there's so, it's like a rich, there's a, such a rich culture in like mushrooms and adaptogens being integrated into the, into our culture here, mm-hmm. like in the West through clinic and through people just taking them. And that takes a lot to understand that terrain. So mm-hmm. like, I'm really like, I don't know why that came, fell out of my mouth, but I'm just, <laughs> I really love like coming to a podcast like this with that, like, you know, we've like four or five years, I think we've been chatting on Instagram. Yeah. Or like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty shit with time, but I feel like it's been at least that, um, mm. And like I've, yeah, I've just naturally had such an interest in what you've been doing and your product just organically, as you say, over all these years, just for my own, definitely started, I think, through my own interest and then definitely filtered quickly as things do into the clinic and working with clients and being able to just introduce them to this sort of next level I think about that we can integrate on top of what we do nutritionally and therapeutically in the space that we work in which we'll definitely talk about as we go through today but um I I nailed it there in terms of like just like even saying nutritionally and therapeutically because that's the interesting that's like that's like I know we're going to dive in there and I will shut up and let you ask your question but um (laughs) like I think that's like something I I forget that I started out talking about a lot like Mm. it's so rare that you can get this level of like therapeutic medicine in something that you just put in a coffee or a hot chocolate like yes we've got spices and they're really great you know like even to an extent like you know a cayenne pepper or something like that has so much therapeutic Mm -hmm. benefit but nowhere near on the level of like regulation of the system and keeping it you know keeping it harmonized so we can continue to shine and that is all snuck in under the guise of nutrition and that's where like I like that's where this superior herbalism is. I can feel it on the rise again, my desire to kind of be like, Hey guys, do you know how special this is to have a, yes. a, a, a category of herbs that you're like, they can become nutritional in the sense you can put, you know, reishi in your diet. And it's got this, it's this is Trojan horse of therapeutic medicine that keeps you out of clinic. And that same herb can also be used clinically and sim- like with, and with symptoms and mm-hmm. in formulas, but, it's you just put it into yours and your child's smoothie and you are going to take your nervous system or your liver function and you are going to as long as you are taking it in an appropriate way that you're not taking it when you're in a disease state or that you're not taking too much or too little you're to find a sweet spot you the, what we are potentially preventing in terms of like dysfunction in the body or what we're potentially cultivating Mm -hmm. in children through getting them onto these herbs that early immunologically, it just blows the mind because it's like, you can only do that through lifestyle medicine and then therapeutics that are able to be integrated and and, and accumulate in benefits over time and have a non-toxic impact on the body. And when you really think about it, like with any lifestyle practice and you think about, especially this one though, it's kind of new for everyone. It's the amount of the amount of disease that it's preventing, and the amount of exhaustion that it's preventing, the amount of breakdowns and you know like, and mental dysfunction, or just the amount of like one percent or two percent gain it's giving you, so you can get over the hurdle of getting through an integration. I know people who have said to me they would not have been able to go through the integration of menopause if they didn't have the gene blend, mm. you know, like and right. really landed in that you know that 
that wise, that, that, that phase of wisdom. They're like, I've really, really actually landed and gotten over that hump and done it mm-hmm. because I had Jing as well as everything else I'm doing. It's not just Jing, but you know, that's like, that's so insane. Like, you know, thinking about, you know, that we've got this now at our disposal, mm-hmm. you can go on you know, several, there's many companies and, you know, for super feast, I'm like, you know, it's an old tradition. It's an old world sourcing tradition that, we align with that the Taoists and all the emperors and empresses and all the concubines and all the people in those courts they they would they've, they were giving everything everything they they've spent like majority of their wealth trying to get these herbs and people went and became hermits just so they can live on these mountains and and take these herbs long term and learn about the Tao and learn about yin yang and learn how to remain in harmony and we can do that we can do that while living in a city and doing qigong or doing yoga and taking tonic herbalism and, and trying to align with the seasons, we're doing it here. And like, it's so insane that we mm-hmm. get to do this. So like, anyway, I went off on another tangent. No, it's, I love it. Focused. I love it. I love also you just, the way you just mentioned them as um, almost even like, yeah, that concept of lifestyle, lifestyle therapeutics, because I I think even when we chatted on the phone prior to the, doing this recording, I was saying how, for me, I love teaching people how to integrate these um, sort of tonics and 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 mushrooms in a way to think about them as food and as part of their lifestyle. I think it's 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 easier in some way to get people thinking about using them in that way than the concept of opening something as like in quotation marks like a supplement and taking pills and thinking about them in that regard and yeah and I think because I'm (laughs) I come from a background of being obviously a nutritionist and having such passion for food and being such a foodie it excites me particularly you know I am probably what you notice as we chat more biased towards the mushrooms for many many reasons but to me it's like classic food is medicine you know like every every, the food we eat every day is obviously medicinal in so many ways and has a plethora of health benefits you know we are what we eat but when we when we kind of cross into this next level of using something like medicinal mushrooms it's it's just blows my mind but also it's like well it's also something you can do every day for the rest of your life and incorporate in a food sense like don't see it as something that um is like a short which again i know we'll get into like a short-term window um yeah so i feel your passion (laughs) yeah and this is and we're just and we're learning how to do that because we can't relate to them as supplements like supplements are supplements because they are being used to like fill a deficiency or something along those lines or help with a symptom and you know you could technically say i don't don't care if people would you know say that the our capsule product here is a supplement it's not like i'm i get salty about about that and i can be be really practical but um at some point that mindset of treating a symptom or even trying to prevent a symptom keeps you in a clinical mindset of trying to avoid what's wrong, which is a really good thing. You need to continue to cultivate that and be able to enter that realm. But then once you start getting into lifestyle, you start getting into cultivation of self and um, cultivation of intention and what's important to you. And you need mm. to be able to have both. And that's where like, there is that, it's like, they're like a gateway supplement for many people. They're like, cool, I'm going to take this to, you know, and then all of a sudden 
they, they've worked on their thyroid or their H, mm. you know, their HPA or their nervous system. And, and then they're like, Ooh, now I can feel it going further into a place where I'm just like feeling better, but it didn't really prevent anything. What's this feeling? And they're like, Oh, that's cultivation. Yeah. That's the same when you, you start tying days of meditating and doing yoga together or an hour in nature every day, you, you just feel yourself get more into harmony. And then at one point you can't do more is better. And you just get things, everything just gets better, but everything gets into a more, you get more texture and refinement of how you navigate that space of harmony. And that's where people need to be able to live as well. We need to Mm. cultivate that. And that's what a lot of people don't have. A lot of people just go and rightfully so I need to, I I need to treat this symptom, but you know, if we can, if we can get to the place where these enter into your lifestyle. We need as many people as possible exploring that and mm-hmm. awakening to that. And that's like, that's the awakening that we're mm-hmm. trying, you know, everyone's trying to integrate with all the, you know, and with, with, and with the ugly as well, but all the majesty of things that we're exploring in Western and globe, you know, global integrative um, civilization at the moment, which, you know, we're, we're flying, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be a Christmas fly too close to the sun, probably in some ways and other ways not, you know, there's lots of gnarly stuff going on, but regardless, we, if we can just integrate and ground into personal cultivation of something, you know, not just stay in that mental state of progress, that's what we're trying to do here. And that's where symptom clinical based, excessive clinical based, um, you know, that's where you, you know, you, that's where AI lives constantly problem solving you know that's where if everyone's like oh this ai is going to take over it's like yeah but that's only if you stay in that place if we can use it to like get an answer of you know you know or work with practitioners who can get a sense of where the blockage is which Mm -hmm. is beyond you get that but then allow that to like get out of the problem solving mode and get into the cultivation of your magical infinite self and everything you know that you're connected to um, and in, in an explore in an exploratory manner, like you know, that no one has ever been like you here, and you know, no one's ever explored this, you know, done what you're doing here. So we need you, you know, cultivating and feeling and becoming like really awesome when you're an elder. And so, like that's that's what you know, that's where like in terms of civilization, what it's what's going on. If we can use it to push us into our practice, and that's what allows me to keep on going and have a business and operate in this world. Um, because, you know, I get a bit disillusioned sometimes of what's coming. I know I'm not just a blind optimist. I know what's happening, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to tap into this old world um, <laughs> lineage and take it back to its shamanic roots and um, make it be like a mushroom growing in throughout it and just mm. hopefully support enough people to get through the herbs. Um, and sometimes people find out about, about the philosophy and that's what Superfeast gift is. No, I think I kind of take for granted that, you know, we're in a bubble sometimes. Sometimes people just take lines, I mean, and they're like, oh, what's Shen? And then mm. you start talking about Shen and that, you know, there's, you know, that that part of you that is, you know, considered soul and that can, you can only get a sense of it's invisible and it's connected to an infinite. Um, and they're like, Jesus, okay. Um, <laughs> and then they'll, con- <laughs> they'll take some... <laughs> Shen herbs and they'll, or they'll take a herb like reishi and, mm-hmm. and have what is an awakening, you know, which is we, you can have lots of different types of awakening, but that particular awakening of like, oh my God, like I am very unique and I'm very special, even though I'm also not special, blah, 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 nuance, but they're like, oh, I'm like, I'm, you know, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be just like live by rote. That mm-hmm. happens when people 
And so sometimes it's not even the herbs. It's just like that people get through Superfeast. It's just that they connect to a philosophy. That's why so many people mm, are trying to, with integrity, bring these philosophies from, especially from the East mm. um, and from the Middle East um, you know, and from the Americas, you know, from all over the place, really, from, you know, even from Oceanic, um, Oceanic Indigenous um, cultures. And we're, we're trying to ground it in and we're like stumbling as we go along, trying to do it with integrity and um why I like Taoism because it's an open sourced indigenous based wisdom tradition that we are it's we're invited to engage with and it's too hard to corrupt because it's so set and there's too many thousands of years of it being documented Mm -hmm. you get found out if you're bullshitting but it's also really accessible it's not one of those systems it's like you can get really complex in classical Chinese medicine and Taoism you can really go into like this is really complex stuff but they always come back and be like, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're not trying to create an institution that's unaccessible here or owns this information. At the end of the day, there are, there is a layer that's so easy to digest. And that's what like the, the modern Chinese medicine and modern acupuncture that comes out of universities and herbalism that comes mm, out of universities true. doesn't understand. They want to own the herbs. They want to own the, 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 you know, the, the medicine and they don't get it. But tonic herbalism is just like, you know, these, this philosophy, Jing Chi Shen, your treasures, protect them, cultivate it. Hey, these are the herbs that we use to protect it. They're really safe. You can't really go wrong. Here's the practices. You can't really go wrong. Explore it and cultivate yourself. It's, uh, we're just learning that, how to bring that back in again and trust that, you know, maybe we need to cultivate a little bit of a sense of, you know, heart, heart perception. So we can like, Mm -hmm. not just logically figure out what herb is needed although that's really important as well but let the information sit in the in the heart you know the the and and actually perceive the like actually feel our body and perceive our the electromagnetic and sensory pulse of information let that sit in the neurological organ of the heart um and feel what we mm-hmm. need and then that's you know cultivate instinct and then send it up to the brain get the words send that bang down right. to the heart and then make choices in alignment that's kind of like that's what I like about these herbs is it's like um and and having it grounded in the philosophy is that it's helping bring that capacity in, sure. into integration uh, love it there's so much in that um I wanted to know a little bit and just also for for people listening like you have such insane um, beautiful passion obviously for what you do and I feel like that that comes from somewhere, you know, like as far as your own personal experience with all of this. And I'm curious about, I know I've definitely know a little bit about your background, but not a lot. And I'm just really curious about that passion for the, the tonics and medicinal mushrooms and, and their use and how that grew like where did that actually come from mm. and then obviously that's developed into super feast itself like not not everyone right of course has a has an experience with say something I, I think about it from my own perspective with nutrition like there's something that yeah. lights a fire and and sends you down a pathway so was there something for you or multiple things that really opened up that door of that passion or personal experience, even, even health, you know, like a lot of the time our own health is part of that story. Yeah. I've just been trying to think about this, you know, it's a very multi-dimensional, um, you know, like 
journey where I've landed. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably like two sides of it. There's probably the one side that is um, innate and really aligned with seemingly what I'm up to here on the planet. And then the other part in terms of what got me over the line probably came you know, maybe from, you know, a little bit of dysfunction of my searching in a good way. Like nice, you know, it's what we all go through, especially in our twenties, like, you know, like wanting, you know, dealing with, you know, stuff from when I was a kid and, and then, you know, looking for purpose and wanting to make an impact. And, but, you know, I, you know, I think I've, I've kind of tracked it back a little bit and seen like, you know, it is a lot of it, that drive in those early days wanting I really wanted to make impact and I really wanted, mm. I like I, I became really obsessed in finding ways to have the greatest impact, maybe coming from a place of um, resistance or rebellion against what, where the, the modern medical system was at. And I know whenever I'm in approach, I mean, like in opposition, I'm uh, dealing with some thing in my psyche that mm. isn't integrated yet so it's a both i think there's like there's two sides of it the the yang and um and then that yin that dark side so the yang side um i and i think what what the yang side was in terms of i really like exploring i really like learning through jumping into the deep end of things and uh looking for the unusual exploring new places and at the, that's been in you know new places not in the necessarily in the physical world. I did a lot of that in my twenties, but this, I, when I started opening up to super feast, I was like, this is going to get me into a lot of places, into a lot of conversations and meeting a lot of people that I've never would have been able to um, connect with. And, you know, that's, I'm also like a hyper creative person and I can be quite charismatic when I'm out there. So I think my sense of adventure is what got me really going and it's what probably mm. what continues to help me move along. And that's the part of me, thankfully, that I think is maturing and able to not allow the yin side, which I'll talk about now, to like to to dominate, which is the part of me that, you know, was like, I really just wanted to, um, and I still am really passionate about this. I think I'm just integrating it and putting it into context and maturing around it a little bit. I just really wanted to prevent degeneration and I wanted as many people as possible to really remember their right maybe not their right to not get diseased but their right to at least be engaged with learning the tools to cultivate those aspects of themselves which would give them the best possibility to not prematurely degenerate and to also ensure that they weren't you know, just do the best we can to really make sure that their Shen was cultivated. So their personality, their self, their true self, so that their uniqueness, so that, you know, we just didn't, you know, we didn't have like lots of assholes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my mission. And, and I, and it's still at the core of super feast essence, but for me, it was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of that, like, I'm, I'm so grateful that I, super feast is my dojo. So for Superfeast, that's a really core essence. Superfeast isn't me. And at the core of Superfeast, it is get people onto these herbs to support as many people as possible to um, prevent degeneration, cultivate vitality, and, ex and, um, and express their Shen. So essentially support as many people to become whatever it is an elder is to them. That's still the pattern and the essence of Superfeast. And so for me, when I was enmeshed with it in the early days, I think I was like, that was my dojo of playing out how to deal with all these feelings of injustice in the world, um, you know, watching people suffering, not being willing to accept suffering, not being able to accept death, so on and so forth. So Superfeast was my place to kind of play that out. 
a lot and play out my big FU to all major institutions and mm-hmm. essentially feel like I was going to be able to like, you know, dismantle particular institutions and like that, have that level of resistance. This is 12 years ago when I started. So it was like 13 years ago when this was all coming through. But what age was that at? Um, 25. 25. Um, is that, how old am I? No, 24. Um, so that's been good for me, but yeah, working with a muse, like a, a, a company that's got, you know, it's a real palpable muse. It's got a real like palpable evolutionary purpose that is evolving. And that's why it's like an evolutionary purpose is really nice. It's got the core seed of just like, you know, bring people into these herbs and substances that, are, you know, that are our offerings that can then go and support those who wish to engage to protect their jing, their physical essence, protect their chi, their vitality, and that capacity to mobilize themselves through life. So you can actually have the the spark to get to the end of life, to your destiny, whatever it is. And then protecting the shen, that uniqueness of your expression, not just becoming a mundane off the factory line kind of person. Um, that's still super feast essence. That's what it is. Um, and it's been nice for me to let super feast kind of run with that it still is important to me but I'm not as obsessed as a, I'm not as obsessed I'm kind of a little bit more back into an adventurous exploration mode of figure you know learning a little bit more about how the world works and how super feast and I can play into this whole mm. dynamic dance going on and hopefully one through integration and people still kind of consider super feast like a you know, like a, like a revolutionary rebellion kind of type of um, business. And, you know, for some people it needs to be that. And I think that's cool. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of, I'm really now curious to see where it goes on the integrative, through into the integrative model for to sure. see where it integrates with these, you know, and that's, I'm kind of grateful. I don't have the type of personality that allows my, my, my dogmatic delusions at any particular point to be on show and on stage. I like sitting in, in harmony points. So I didn't express when even 12 years ago that I'm like, going to do this, you know, we're going to take down, <laughs> on, you know, modern medicine. And um, it kind of came through sometimes. So Super Feast is kind of really safe in that level. But, you know, and then comes like, am I, am I just like, am I just going to become a boring, normal business, you know, with all these normal business kind of like, operations and like you know what's it about you know like what 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 is Mm -hmm. this what is this about now I've like I've so I'm really just letting it now I've kind of really hit a sweet spot with super feast so it's um I'm ready to go on adventure as its CEO again and see where it takes me and I want to I want to I want to understand um international business and the possibility of um of harmonious synergistic business um because I just I don't want to be in resistance. I don't like the feeling mm. of resistance. So mm-hmm. at the same time where I'm feeling confident is like models like, you know, like Buckminster Fuller's model of business or evolutionary, um, uh, well, gosh, what's it called? Um, in reinventing organizations like holacracies, these kinds of like models, which is like a teal level organization is what's coming through. So as long as you've got the CEO or someone guarding that heart, that heart essence, the muse, the evolutionary purpose. Um, and, uh, shepherd it essentially and grow it, you know, mm-hmm. and like um, you kind of can't go wrong. You have to try, but you can only trust things. You know, we've kind of like after hierarchical business that just saw everything as dead. It's where you get corpses that are corporations and they 
pick up their mission statements and it's like a dead entity, like a weekend at Bernie's with sunglasses and they're like, <laughs> our mission is to do this. And it's like, we can see it's dead just because you put sunglasses on it doesn't mean it's alive, you know? Um, <laughs> Love that analogy. So, and so um, at the same time, um, I mean, that's where like that's where I'm at. That's where Superfeast is at at the moment. I wanna, I'm going to hit the road again soon, I think, and I'm going to stop getting in the way of this mm-hmm. business. I'm going to let it like really go. And I'm pretty curious to see where it goes. I mean, I'm ready to, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've had my moment, like if, if you like how many of you guys have watched hook the movie, but you know, I've had my moment where I've left Neverland mm-hmm. and I've grown up and I've had my children and I need to fly again. I need to go on some mm-hmm. adventures again, you know? And so like, that's my, like, um, and so where Superfeast is going to go, I'm really curious because I, I'm also, it, it's not lost in me, you know, how even though the world is, I, I really trust what's going to happen. I'm not an idiot. I know that there's things that we need to like get onto really. Mm-hmm. And and it just means that we need to be hustling, you know, in a, in, in a way, in a harmonious, in a harmonious way, which I think is for me, it was like, it was going through not not just being busy it was just like growing up a little bit and realizing if i'm going sure. to be able to facilitate this endeavor and especially if i was going to facilitate the reemergence with a bunch of other people of course and taking on the baton of bringing say Taoist tonic herbalism and then everything else i can share along the way that i learn about business and um and growth so on and so forth that i better upskill so um and that's what i'm trying to do at the moment i'm trying to upskill my mind set and mm-hmm. that means getting out of the way and growing up a little bit and uh, you know that's kind of what I've been doing I that's what everybody does but yeah that's kind of where yeah, Superfeast nice. came from it also just came from because my mum my mum like I wasn't sure taking it seriously my mum had an aneurysm six months in nine months in or something like that and I was like shit I'm gonna have to like financially support her at some point so I better I, right. I better boogie on this otherwise I never would have never really would have taken it seriously. And then, um, and then, so I, that's what got me going to the markets. And then I was so interested in, like, I, I can't stand, like, I don't know if I can swear, but I, I, yeah, I go for it. So no, 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 do on. it. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I really, I can't, I, I really can't fucking handle talking to people who own companies and you can tell they're bullshitting themselves in terms of the impact that they're having with their mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they put this glaze over themselves when they have this chat and they become possessed with their their own delusion. And that's something that made my skin crawl so heavily. And I can feel, and I could really sense when I had some superfoods when I first started and I'd, I'm really like, I've, I've got... I guess I, I, people would say I've got good sales techniques, but I can't, I just, I can't pour the bullshit out of my mouth if I don't. And it's not that I don't believe in it because people believe in it. And that's when mm. I can sense, and I can sense it in myself when I'm like, oh God, I think I'm bullshitting myself. You know, that's how mm-hmm. I was when I, when I had to give up raw, raw foodism, you know, I was like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I can feel I'm bullshitting myself. And I'd have little yeah, arguments right. with myself in the, in the, in the shower. Um, like you know like calling myself out <laughs> yeah. and uh 
and I do it with my products as well. So um, I kind of found myself with a few products and I was doing detox products and stuff like that, like right at the beginning and superfoods and and people were coming to me because like I just, I'd talk a lot about not my products and people, a lot of people started coming to me who had like really, they weren't in disease states or like in that kind of, I'd send them the clinicians, but they had very, you could feel they really opened up and they were like, I really need something to work. Like I really, yeah. I have to have my kids be well over this winter period it's killing me when we get sick like and I'm like oh you know like yes you know I love hydrogen and yes getting your kids to take hydrogen or you know yes I love the greens and the superfood greens but I was and I and I also didn't like the fact that I didn't have anything because I don't like mm. disappointing people so I kind of maybe had like a one weekend there and I was like yeah look just like make them a smoothie make them a superfood smoothie and then I'd be like oh I really actually don't be- like think that's gonna work mm-hmm. to the extent mm-hmm. It will. How easy is that for me to justify it? Yeah, there's all this good shit. Yeah, oh, you're doing this yeah. And, yeah. And, like, um, and I also could just be like, look, lower your expectations, which is what I did. Like, and and I say to them, I wish I had the mushrooms to give you, but here, go buy them from America because I think that's the actual thing that's going to make an impact. And these mothers were like, can you get it? And I was like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly, little old me. And they were like, please. And it was all in those mums and those like... Um, Mums and like students, like, you know, especially like, you know, women, like, like, yeah, young women, like early 30s, early 20s, who were like, you know, you could see they're having like hormonal things going on. Mm-hmm. And they'd, we, they'd gone to all the practitioners and they just couldn't get something over the line. And I'd be like, oh, I really wish I'd had Jing Herbs to give you because it's just like be so useful to supporting everything else that you're doing. And so that's kind of like when I started really getting a felt sense of like, what super feast was about in terms of when you get down the line to like, I think what in most business circles you call like the net promoter score or like, you know, the genuine impact that you're having mm-hmm. in your, mm-hmm. um, in your community and people could communicate these palpable transformations. And I'm, I have such a high standard for that because I know what's possible when someone feels the essence of their kidney water starting to flow and harmonize and move between hot and cold. And you get movement within that, kidney system and through those meridians or when mushrooms go in and you know 100% those beta glucans you know it's not just like hopefully the chlorophyll content in chlorella is going to do something really good like a lot of it was like like micro macro nutrition which is so important Mm -hmm. like you know like the I I don't have the skill set that you do I couldn't support them I'm like go to someone else but I can talk to you about these mushrooms and these jing herbs and these substances and they're amazing. And then slowly but surely I, I was able to like scratch that itch when people started coming up to me with like really weighty intentions that, you know, pouring their hearts out. I was able to go, you know what? So A, we're going to look at these herbs, but we're going to talk about the the realms of intention that you need to sit in in order for them to be effective and that's where i kind of the emergence of super feast i really realized like i really am gonna have to lean into this philosophy and to be honest i like japanese philosophy a little bit you know i used to like japanese philosophy a little bit more so i was really resistant to going into even the Taoist five elements um so you know for me you know the fact that there was metal really annoyed me you know (laughs) and then here here i am you know it wasn't spirit you know but here i am now because my dad was a um essentially a samurai um, he was oh, a, um, wow. a black belt, black belt in Japanese jujutsu. So I felt that allegiance, and I'd be like, "Oh, mm. fucking metal," you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, you know, part of me I was like, oh, "I'm bringing great 
you know, <laughs> disrespect to my family um, by going into the Taoist. And, you know, it's, <laughs> and so I, uh, but, you know, I did that for Super Feast. And now, ironically, I'm in a metal year mm. for my business. So going into that extreme, breathe out, <sighs> refinement, go through the chop, chop and drop and allow that which is no longer the most jubilant, you know, jubilant, like living aspect of yourself to go and become, you know, compost and nourish the next generation of growth within the company and the essence and, um, you know, and really chopping down to what is most valuable so you can get in direct perception of like the emergence of value, not what your mind thinks mm. is value. That's what the metal is all really about as well as, well as many other things, but so that's where I'm at now. So I've made peace with the metal. Mm. So that's when I was like, hmm. And sometimes I think I've gone too far in the direction of being like, I'm only going to do Taoist philosophy and, you know, like this ton of Taoist tonic herbalism. And then I've had to find that sweet spot of like, no, only enough. I can take my study as far as I want. But in terms of what I layer on with people, it's going, you know, yes, mm. here's the herb. But here's as much, you know, here's a perfect amount of yeah. information that you're able to digest that is going to enable you to enter into that space where you are really opening up to like utterly transformational things. Like I've, I've talked to quite a few people in quite a few herbal companies and I've asked them to like, you know, like, I want to know your testimonials, like, how are you doing them? Like, how do people, mm. you know, like how many, how many surprises do you get? Like how many or are people like, theoretically are you like placeboing people like oh my gosh I've got more energy and they're like yeah I think I'm pretty sure I've got more energy and it's really good because I know I know when people come to me and do that I'm like no 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 that's not you know I really can you up the dose please you know I really you really have to feel this it really because if you don't you know I know that could be you know maybe it's minute on the grand scale but I know it could be the difference if that organ's functioning well if you can click it and you sense and you feel it like oh my god this herb is fucking doing shit and i'm mm -hmm. going to continue that practice and it's awesome you have no idea what that might do in the in your you know in your cosmic dance that might be just enough to help you get through some kind of like you know period of mental turmoil and there's you know you get lots of little forks in the road and it might mean you take that positive fork mm -hmm. a little bit earlier a few years earlier and that's really amazing so you can't just give me a testimonial because I you think, you know, like it's like it has to, it, we, it has to slap. So that was, um, yeah, that's, it's nice to kind of, yeah, always remember that. And it's nice. It's, it makes business harder to scale, but in a good way, because it makes it a real sustainable business. Yeah. It means I haven't that's had exactly to go out right. and like, quickly get all this you know all this seed funds to market a lot to you know hoodwink everyone <laughs> that we're we're yeah. going to be able to have these results and you know like it's it's a really nice business to work with like it's really sweet and it's really it's growing up and it's kind of also nice for me to get to the point because I'm so I guess I kind of still have the fear of, I don't know what the wording of, I'm like, oh God, if I let it go, if I change it, I feel like it's going to, you know, am I going to corrupt it? Am I going to do this? Mm, but it's like, mm. oh, it's a teenager now. Like it is what it is, mm, you know? And it's like, that's so it's, true. there's just no shaking it as yeah. long as I'm, you know, yeah. I am 100% owner. So that's like, it's, you know, I've, I've, I'm, you know, like, but even letting it go a little bit, it's like, oh, you got it, mate. You know, it's yeah. like, don't worry. The essence, it's there. You've done it. It's yeah. over. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so yeah that's it's so true the, yeah comparing yeah. it to a teenager like it's you, it, it the authenticity that you've had from the start and a lot of what you've just spoken about there like it's it's 
been there from the start and it's grown and been such a key part. And now it's interesting hearing you talk about just being open to what that next step is like to let so it's still it's still your baby and it's still it's still yours but to actually open up and let it grow and and see which way it goes and even interestingly you're talking about those um, different philosophies and like how that's kind of pushed and pulled and like I guess in a way being open to what comes your way even in that aspect like I just think that's the beauty sometimes of of a really authentic business. Um, and we don't, we don't know, like in, in business, like we don't know where things are going to go. Like we can only grow and learn and push in different directions. And sometimes we're just like, Oh shit, that didn't quite work out the way I thought, but that's what, like everything that's life. That's how, how we grow. Um, and I think that makes a more authentic business and people see that. Yeah. That's what I'm most, I think I'm, I mean, I've, I've been pretty, I've been there obsessed with it for a lot of a long time. I think 2016 is when I first read reinventing organization and it was like, oh, I was like, ah, oh, that's the, that's the emerging model that really explains what we do. And, you know, a lot of the time the CEO is in charge of like, you know, like going out, especially in like penetrating new markets or identifying new markets. Whereas like, you know, I, and maybe the maybe in certain organizations that's, that's appropriate but the thing the whole point is now is we've got the emergence of an ecosystem and the thing about an ecosystem or this ecosystem based kind of like organizational structure that has multiple hierarchies not just one stagnant hierarchy everyone one of the key skill sets that everyone needs is to sense based on the, the evolutionary purpose at the core of the business and that that purpose of their of the the places that they sit and especially that identification that you aren't that role I'm not you're not a manager. I really can't stand that rhetoric. You, even if you use the word manager, I don't like it because often it doesn't actually communicate the, what the role is these days. But let's just say you're like the leader of marketing. You go and sit in it like a car and you operate it or a crane and you operate it. And as you're operating, you sense with your, you know, which is this is where everyone's getting scared about like AI right now. Like, do you know how far AI is going to be from like getting out of like a logic place and been and and really going? I want to sense where there's the you know potential for this organism to evolve or grow mm. or create magic in the world in this way. And you and your core obligation in working in Superfeast or an organization like this is you have to bring up whether you say it's a sense that you know, I'm sensing tension or a lack of tensegrity. I'm lacking um, that we are going to fall out of harmony soon. So you sense it. It's almost having like. You know, it's like we've got, you know, human, that human, um, you know, our eye, like real intelligence is like that. That's what I like about these models. And and when you go back to like the CEO, CEO founder role in that, that's when I, I want to be able to like see. So I can't handle mission statements. And then when you go through the organization, you can't see, well, who's the keeper of the mission? Whose sole purpose or core purpose is to cultivate that like you know like it's you know tend to the altar of that you know mm -hmm. tend to the the real like it's this again this isn't made up this is something that is alive it is real this is like get yeah, like i know a lot of like and even those corporations you know if you track back far enough there's some essence of idea that if you engage with its 
evolutionary capacity and its organism-based capacity, it's going to evolve. It's like of its ecosystem, you know, kind of sense. It's, it, it will open up as long as you have someone or many people, it's, that's what majority of people are there to do, but especially the, you know, even like I'm just, I use the word CEO because everyone knows what I'm talking about, but the founder, like that's, you have to say, that's what your job is. You, you mm-hmm. have to tend to it. And I've got, you know, support in like, you know, we've got departments and vision and leadership is one of them. And then when you, even when you come second to like product development or the product universe, that's remembering the, again, that's just a term that like the offerings universe, whatever it is, but the, you know, that super feast essence is something that we need to communicate. So the leadership and vision up there in that department is where I sit and I need to stay in touch with that inner sense, mm. the inner Shen. So the inner Shen that, so that part that's that of the, of the soul, which is invisible to everyone. And you, it, it's, it, it's, you can't really interact with it other mm-hmm. than like like explicitly then there's the outer shen is that when i do express the personality and that virtuousness and i try and align that you know that which is really infinite and that inner part of my essence that only i am you know really connected to and then that outer shen which is that comes down to the branding the communication the products that are coming out how you position those products so on and so forth that needs to stay in alignment so when you get to that product universe um, that second department there, you need to, you know, you need to have someone being aware that that's another thing. And that's where instinct mm-hmm. comes in. And if you've got good operational people, they'll be like, yep, I, you know, I love it. I trust your guys's instinct. We're going to merge it with the practical in terms of like, you know, we've got this much budget for this product development. So I can't go into that level of like Hail Mary yet because it's going to like put the whole system at, in jeopardy. But we need, I, it, we need to integrate that ability to be like, not only do I trust the instinct, I know this is an actual mission, part of the mission. This is actually a part of like fulfilling our core essence. So the mission isn't stagnant. Like we're going to get here and we're going to, you know, we're going to get rid of all the degeneration. You're in a dance. That's why it's an evolutionary mm-hmm. purpose, but yeah, leadership and vision, the CEO, I want to see that in, in these, in, in companies that there's someone who's literally just stoking and keeping that fire. And then I want to make sure that everyone in product development universe isn't just driven purely by um, numbers and market penetration, although that's where you have a good finance manager or CFO, <laughs> um, making sure that you're not going to be silly, too silly, because um, being a little bit silly sometimes is really good and taking those <laughs> risks. But um, but yeah, making sure that, 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 that universe has that heavily integrated and just being like, this is it. And this is going to have that this is going to have that impact, you know, like this is like, trust me, it's going Mm -hmm, to have that mm -hmm. incredible impact. And then you learn as you go along in terms of like how to sense and express that, that muse. And, uh, and you reflect, are we really happy with that? that, You know, why, why isn't that there for the community? Did we get a little bit too personally involved? Are we too enmeshed? And we just want to see, you know, what we want versus like what, what the business wants and that's what Mm -hmm. needs to emerge, but it needs to be captured in the organizational structure. So yeah, I think definitely think people need to get that. I just, I can't stand the like mission-based business and then it's just a stagnant mission and then you can't see a shred of it referred to. Yeah. That's other than like other than someone going, you know, your job is to sell in a way that fulfills the mission. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. You've put it there, but who's the person, you know, there needs Mm. to be like, it's not even esoteric at this point. Who's, you know, who's the person who's there really 
shepherding this thing. And it mm-hmm. should be the CEO or the founder or a special role. And I think that's um, it's an interesting one. It's going to give it's a competitive advantage as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't dominate yeah. everything. Like you will recognize the businesses when you have this in there. Yeah. It's just yeah, if you evolve, if you evolve, evolve that, you don't have to make up this purpose. That's what I <laughs> kind of feel exactly. Like no, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> couldn't agree more. I um, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about the mushrooms in particular. And this is something that I spoke to you quite a while ago. Um, yeah. But I want our listeners to hear a little bit more about how Superfeast sources the mushrooms and that's the standard of quality that you have, um, which I I just find um, obviously, again, as far as authenticity, I think it speaks heavily to that, but it's also a, a big reason as far as with the JCN clinic and when we're referring and, and using mushrooms, why I'll always go to Superfeast if people have access, which most of the time they do. But yeah, I'd love you to just speak a little bit about that because I don't feel that the day-to-day person understands the complexities of this. No, I mean, I mean it's amazing how many people who are in this world don't really understand the complexities or mm-hmm. they forget really, you know, they forget really quickly. And, uh, and I, I get it. Um, it's, I guess it's kind of like what I was just describing in business. There's a, there's a, a very real evolutionary intention or purpose behind the way that we source. And the nice thing is, is that tracks back beyond just the herbs and connects to the classical texts. So that's the whole point of sourcing the way we do it as DDAO and in alignment with tonic herbalism, that everyone knows that we're doing this in order to have the greatest impact on supporting people to protect the three treasures, which is, again, you know, the physical essence to, so you don't degenerate too quickly, your vitality, so you've got enough energy to do what you need to do in your life and your day and your shit. So you're unique. You don't become an arsehole, a non-integrated arsehole. And... Um, <laughs> And that, that core intention breaks out into medicine and herbalism and qigong and, you know, lifestyle design and all kinds of places. And, and so, but essentially what it is, is uh, we call it D-Dao. So it's like earth medicine, because that's what that we want. We want as much earth medicine as possible, but in a real practical way, we want to be able to see how much can we scale it to meet the demands of emerging civilization and this has been the case 400 years ago when we start Mm -hmm. start seeing this happen where you start seeing the debates of like two factions go like well let's scale mushroom and herb cultivation massively and make it near the hospital so it's cheaper and then like okay yes that's works but then there's the those who are a little bit more of the purest nature of like no you have to go from this classical text that tells you it's the oldest text we have on herbal medicine um, in a, as a material medical form in the, in the planet, the Ben Sao Jing, Shendong Ben Sao Jing. And it says you have to go from this province and this microclimate and these growing conditions, that's where you get the greatest reishi or hushawu or shizandra. And so they're like, you have to stay there if we really want to do right by the classics. So there's like from there, like 400 AD, you start seeing the that those factions coming up and so you see it nowadays and and the way like it's there as well but it's going how do we scale herbal production in farming 
but make sure that it maintains that je ne sais quoi where of effectiveness where it is having mm-hmm. such a palpable impact that it's it's such a high grade um and it's and it's the high grade all it needs to do is have the qualities and they're starting to look at the be able to look at the the um uh the various uh, gosh what am i trying to say um they're like trying to like scientifically go and break down the compounds within the herbs uh-huh. and see ah yes it does match those that are found in the wild because they're farming it in a way where it's at a particular particular altitude there it's exposed to weather patterns they're not using um, municipal water they're not bringing in pesticides it's able to like fight its way it's mm. growing on wild wood um it's growing in particular aspect you know um it's not just been done for convenience you know we don't just like go and grow mushrooms where majority people do in the, in the mushroom city down where it's a little bit more tropical because you know you've got like an extra growing cycle because it doesn't get cold whereas you know our reishi and our lion's mane is like up north <laughs> where it like it's like it gets very cold in the winter so it shortens the you know the 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 seasons but it means you're at a particular altitude and uh and temperature during those it's it's growing growing cycles that matches the d-doubt that's going to get Mm -hmm. you that herb which is like really effective Mm -hmm. and and in order to do that the way you can start seeing the yeah the sourcing it's, it's again it's evolving you know it's like farming starts emerging and you know how do we scale it was pretty like a few years ago i thought oh we're not going to do this we're going to hit a glass ceiling of how much reishi we can mm-hmm. source and that i was like that's fine i'll just hit that cap and then all of a sudden there was a renaissance of like this style of farming it re-emerged and so mm-hmm. because it enabled um farmers and families to stay within their village villages and not go seeking work and be good money because they're paid premiums um because there needs to be reverence all along the line um and so it continues to emerge and it's scaling at the moment because people are willing to share it and it doesn't work if you if, if i work with a company that owns all the farms and puts systems in. it just does not work that way maybe not mm-hmm. yet I wouldn't say other people wouldn't maybe be able to do it but it just does not work that way you need little micro farms with you know people who understand the land and who are like intergenerationally mm-hmm. understand the land growing those herbs and that's what we do at the moment it's pretty wow. like it's it's the duck's nuts like in terms mm-hmm. of that scale of course wild is the, the the ultimate um people like you know can't you do this in Australia it's like no absolutely no. not like the herbs considering how much in terms of like let's look at mushrooms and there are some operations that are trying to grow on wood chips in australia but i don't really know of anyone out there who's doing that at scale it's because mm. production costs one are so high but people just grow it on grain which is fine but i I actually don't think it's fine but i get you know i get it mm. as well um but that the effectiveness of those mushrooms is so low compared to a wood grown mushroom grown dedow at this time and mm. that's and it's why environment. I, it's the environment and it's mm. the fact that people come you know pe- there are people who have extreme disease states or extreme mental um mental dysfunction and they come to these mushrooms at the moment really mm. desperate so to then give them something that they're reading about reishi mushroom and what it's done for thousands of years for the yep. spirit so on and so forth and then so that's the expectation they have and therefore that's the expectation that i need to be able to meet and that's where unfortunately like at the moment there's no way that australian grown mushrooms are going to be mm. able to ever meet that expectation and that's 
Also because everyone, of course, is going to be using the mycelium, which is the body that they're able to, they grow it on grain and then they get the fruiting bodies, kind of like the genitals that come out. And mm-hmm. that's what, you know, that's what you can only access in the wild and when you grow on wood because it's growing, you know, growing in wood. You can't move the wood away and get to the body. Mm. It's all ensconced, but, you know, with the grain, you can get rid of all the grain. Mm. There's a bunch of grain enmeshed in there with the mycelium, same way as there's a bunch of wood enmeshed with the mycelium Mm -hmm. because the mycelium's eating all of that wood, of course. It's a circle of life. And, um, And you get a cheap product. And maybe it's got clinical benefits, but for everyone here who's got like a real deep intention to use these mushrooms because they've been famous for thousands of years, just do not, like, it's just not worth it. And it's really, um, it really, like you really are just, you're not going to discover the benefits from a mushroom grown on grain and let alone a mushroom that isn't just fruiting body that uses Mm. the mycelium, the body, that biomass, that's just, it's just cheap and people yeah. will tell you that it's like, yeah, no, it's full spectrum. It's the whole, it's really, it's not, it's because it's not the they're same cheap. thing. Yeah. It's not the same. And so it's, yeah, we're not just working in China. We're not just sourcing from China. We're sourcing yeah. from rocky crags, you know, eight hours away from industry, the most mm-hmm. inconveniently placed farms. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, and it's just, it's really beautiful and it's always nice for people to be able to connect when you connect with lineage that has roots, they get to be like, that's right. I'm not same way. If I think of Australians, I'm not relating to Australians through the liberal or labor government that's in or the industry. You know, I don't judge everyone in Australia based on the mining of uranium, uranium and the, the current displacement displacement of mob um, on their sacred land. So we can get more uranium. No, I relate to the human spirit and to the mm. land as much as possible. And likewise, with tonic herbalism and sourcing from China, you get to remember that you're re- relating to people who are connected to the land. You're not, mm. It's not an interaction with industry and it's not an interaction with communist China. And so people can blow past that and work within a little of, uh, of, of nuance there. And that's been really mm. nice whenever, whenever I'm there and whenever people see the videos of the farmers, so on and yeah. so forth, they're like, that's right, there are humans there. And mm. those humans happen to have access to the expression of the most well put together ancient medical and herbal system that is been documented meticulously for thousands of years. Mm. And now it's open source. Classical Chinese medicine and Taoism is open source, ready to use. And it is so effective. And they're asking and the land's asking for it to get out there. So you get to... Yeah, that's kind of like where we need to make sure that we're like working in that that discernment mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and definitely go. I'm not interacting with that part of China, but in terms of this area, and it's confusing for some people, but most people get it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really nice to be able to help bring that awareness back. I um, I think about it in um, in some ways with food. Um, as far as a sort of way of explaining it too, because essentially going you're going back to the origins. And I think about when you consider somewhere like Italy, for instance, with vegetables grown in Italy, or let's take like the humble tomato, you know, like the tomatoes that I will grow here in our garden in the Yarra Valley, like beautiful if they're left to ripen on the vine with the soil that's here and the climate that we have here like you can't compare that to what obviously I would go and buy at the supermarket but 
you you take me to Italy and you take me into those Tuscan hills where I can pick mm-hmm. a tomato off the vine grown in the soil there in that climate with that love and that attention. Nothing will compare. Um, and you'll see that a lot from a food point of view. And yeah, I just think I think about it in that aspect too with how you're talking about these tonics and the mushrooms. Like it's there's so many elements that come together that make something what it is. And yeah, mm. it's not it's not always something too that can be measured in a laboratory through a study as well. Um so yeah, I just I feel like that's just a, another way of explaining it for people to think about. Yeah, I mean, and it's it is nice that they they are doing studies on DDAO now and mm-hmm. seeing how much richer it is in the constituents and how much more effective it is at all basic markets. Mm-hmm. How it's just kicking the shit out of anything that's lab grown, and especially things that are grown on grain. Like that's getting like extremely mm-hmm. validated at the moment, which is nice for the Western mind to start getting mm-hmm. you know that kind of little. It's like when someone's like, mm, no, I'll never go that that like real heirloom tomato that was, you know, grown by, you know, Giuseppe out there, you know, and yeah. he's, you know, provided it to the fruit shop. I just want the organic one. Is this Giuseppe's organic? No, it's not organic, but my God, it's so beyond. Oh, I only go organic. <laughs> yes. And you're like, yeah, but that's a pale piece of shit. And they probably used organic <laughs> pesticides and put black plastic all, all over the ground because they don't really sustainable. Yeah. Yes, but it's organic. And it's like, yeah, okay. You don't get it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, with food as well, when it it's like there'll be a, a, a measure of, say, like the nutrient status and it's like, oh, no, it's the same. It's like, yeah, but let's talk about the phytochemicals, like what's going on at phytochemical level. And then when that's studies dive into that yeah. deeper, it's like, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> now we're starting to see these differences. So, yeah, it is yeah. it is magical to see that coming out and seeing more of that being proven in a Western sense. But I I guess I just like to people to think about it too. It's like logically, you know, get your mind if you think about it like this makes sense. Um I wanted to talk a bit about um how the medicinal mushrooms and tonic herbs how we we touched on this earlier but this concept of like them having um or being part of your lifestyle and an accumulative benefit um that we can bring into our life but how that can be something that builds over time um Mm -hmm. of course i know certain things that we can take and use at certain times of stress in our lives but there's also um, an element of these being integrated into our life and accumulation of benefits so could you speak a little bit about that yeah, I mean, like, and this is this is just what was stated in the Ben Salging over 2,000 years ago. It's like these are the herbs that you can integrate into your lifestyle to ensure that you keep your treasures safe. So that's like, that's, that's essentially what they're saying is these are lifestyle herbs that you take before you get sick so you don't get sick. The other area that they sit in terms of Taoist law is that they they talk about you know you're the ultimate doctor of yourself and you know the and the highest doctor takes substances to dissolve karmic inflictions and that's what the Taoists talk about and of course what they mean is they you deal with your mummy and daddy shit and mm-hmm. your ancestral shit and you you just you take stuff that makes you robust enough and so the accumulated benefits over time you, this is where it gets funny for people because they're like, I'm so I'm going to get t- keep on taking, you know, like Mason's mushrooms or just say like mushroom mate. So I keep on taking mushroom mate 
and my immune system just keeps on getting better. And it's like, yeah, it does. You do accumulate. And that's what, you know, in the seventies, when the Russians were defining adaptogenic substances, one of the three pillars, you know, there was like, you know, it needs to be non-toxic. Um, it needs to have a, uh, non-specific action, which, you know, I think we all, you know, we kind of know like a lot of medications, you're not going to give someone like majority of like, you know, hundred people, a, a pharmaceutical medication and have like a hundred different marker movements. You're going to just mm. see like one strict <laughs> movement of a, um, of a particular marker. Whereas with an adaptogen, you will get a hundred different movements. Maybe it has mm-hmm. the same proclivity or rhythm, but you're going to see one, you know, you're going you're to see like, uh, you know, aspects of um, li- some, you know, immunological function, you know, someone who's autoimmune, you're going to see something go down versus someone who's immune deficient, you're going to see that same marker go up and say white blood cells. Um, and so that's, then the third is it needs to have an accumulative benefit over time. So in order to officially be an adaptogenic substance, that's what, you know, Western herbalism has like, you know, to an extent, Western herb- herbalism has taken that definition. So I should say like, and, and, and put it, put it to use. And, um, that's what they do. So that's the Shazandras and the Rhodiolas and the Cordyceps and the Lion's Manes and the Reishis, they're all adaptogenic substances. And in order to be classified that it has to have an accumulative benefit over time and effect. So, and you know that's kind of it does get hard because there is a glass ceiling of how much the constituents of the mushrooms are able to move things and build things it's not like you just keep on taking eight capsules of mason's mushrooms and your 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 bone marrow and your capacity to generate white blood cells is going to be so strong that you know like nothing's going to be able to penetrate you for 20 Mm. years but the accumulative benefit is when you stay in a state of harmony and you don't have you take these adaptogenic substances and the, and you do these practices you stay it, it keeps you because it's really it's like even when you're living in in the wild you know when you're living in the wild it's stressful there's a reason that people have always identified the adaptogenic substances that help them get ahead of the um of the degeneration cycle and stay in mm-hmm. harmony and they've put a lot of emphasis into them because the longer you can stay there in that state of non non reactivity and the longer you can stay robust and agile which is what these herbs allow you to do the more you're going to have an accumulative benefit of life the more you're going to be able to do a lot of good shit in your life as well as you you do continue to take them your body does become smarter your immune system 100% does become smarter like yeah there is that that aspect but just remembering yeah a lot of what they were referring to is that accumulative benefit over the time was like a little bit like not directly related to the adaptogen it's kind of like where the alchemy comes in you take these long enough you stay in such a state of flow and your Mm -hmm. chi is transforming or your nervous system you know has like such a capacity to like not get caught up in stories and bullshit because your hba access is you know just going so well you're not getting caught in the amygdala you're not going into those like fear cycles and Mm. your body isn't going into that you know that that um survival response of um you know bringing up and projecting all those fear-based memories in order to you know protect you that's a very real thing that happens Mm. if your hpa um access isn't um isn't singing and dancing and so when you have like you have like ashwagandhas and the mushrooms and shazandras you are staying within that harmony point as long as you're living within nature if you start living in accordance with nature 
as well in taking these herbs, then yeah, that's that's what these do. They are absolutely profound and that's where the benefits accumulate and it's people miss out and they'll stop a lot of the time because they they won't have shit going wrong and they're so used to only taking things when something is wrong. Mm. They're not used yeah. to continuing to take a substance and be aware of the subtle cultivation that they're doing with it or the kind of like, let's just keep a good thing going. And the good thing about these herbs is it's so easy to take capsules or it's so easy to go and whack it into your coffee or later into your smoothie. Um, I'm kind of really interested in like, because we were just so caught up in the wonder of these tonic herbs and these adaptogens like 15 years ago. And there was like that, that wave coming on and, and it and there's keeps on being waves. And I'm really, I'm really hoping I can contribute again. Like I already do, I know, but to that wave of like reverence for snapping enough people onto, you know, in that big part of the bell curve of the population onto being like, do not wait till you get sick. And mm. once your exhaustion's gone, do not forget to either order more herbs or get out there and forage for these herbs if you have if you want to go into that direction. You just have to keep it going. And, and it's not practical for a lot of people. I used to get in trouble telling mums to go and harvest their reishi from Lane Cove National Park. They were like, give me the fucking powder. I've got four kids, you idiot. Sorry. I'm just really uncomfortable with like accepting money. And they're like, you work hard, don't you? And I'm like, I know, I'm working on it. Um but I'm really looking forward to, because that's like, it's so incredible and they work so slyly in the background mm. and they just, you just, sometimes you forget, you know, like it's so easy to take. Like, and I do a lot of other things that really keep me robust and like, mm. but like silently, I'm like, I'm, I, I, like I'm processing a lot at the moment. I'm physically going good. You know, I've got a, you know, I've like, I'm, I'm maneuvering through an, an area of business that I know a lot of crazy entrepreneurs like me don't make it through, you know, I've got a one-year-old just move my disabled mum up here. Like I'm, I'm, even though I might not be doing it the most gracefully, I'm like, I'm mm. on the field and I'm like, I'm an assassin. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really hard to kill in this. And like, and I'm re- like, it's really like, you know, I, I still have my breakdowns and, you know, I'm still like, I have like, I'm really quite, I feel quite emotional at the moment. And like, and I just, yes, I'm, I'm finding new edges, which sometimes mm-hmm. is like humbling for me because I'm like, oh, fuck, I thought I had this, like, you know, I'm like the healthy guy, you know, I'm like, I'm not meant mm-hmm. to have these like little breakdowns and things. And I know everyone you know, knows that, you know, but like, you know, like when you're so out there on the, you know, on the field, you forget that sometimes, yeah, but so true. I can bring it back. And I'm like, I'm like, I know I might have a strong constitution, but it doesn't matter. I know a lot of men younger than me who have similar constitutions who are just going down a bad road. And I know mm. I've got these herbs and my other practices. It's like a cheat. It's it's just like a cheat. Yeah. It's like it's all, like it's seriously. That's why the Taoists called them the messengers from heaven. They're mm. like nothing's going to help you stay in that that bridge between the cosmic and the earth. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, being that bridge towards like manifesting love in these intricate ways on into this, into this, you know, this atmosphere that we're walking, walking within, like that's kind of mm-hmm. like what they're here to do. So yeah, hoping it kind of can roll out there. And um, yeah, I mean, if anyone's just like, oh God, he's just such a good salesman. I'm like, I really don't <laughs> care if it's the super feats. Like it's really, it's engagement with this this realm it's in you know the herbs yeah. can slip in and out it's not about taking super feasts it's not what i'm saying yeah it's yeah like, 
you know, there's we we the we've manifested this abundance for a reason and we need it right now. 100% yeah. use your tools. Um, and these mushrooms are really, and the other herbs, the tonic herbs, but just these mushrooms, especially like get onto them. Yeah, no, I love the, I totally love what you're saying. I think, I think about it too, as like a level of robustness, like when you're talking about what that accumulative effect and how they add to your life, like none of, none of us are bulletproof, like, you know, no matter no matter what's going on in our life and how well we look after ourselves like where think shit happens like yes occasionally whether we get sick or whatever comes our way but you can you can take care of yourself to a level that keeps you I often say to my clients like that about being robust like a robust gut like a robust immune system so when things are thrown at you your bounce back is really good your recovery is really good and it's it's getting away from thinking about just taking something when you're unwell. Like it's the, you know, the emails that I often get from clients of like, you know, oh shit, I've come down, I've got a flu or I've got this, I've got that, what should I take? And it's like, well, of course there's things you can do, but it's like, let's, let's think more about what can I do on a daily basis that keeps me well. And um, even when you talk about like that fight or flight response or that HPA access, like it, a huge element of what we see with our clients like we work so heavily in the gut space but particularly with the females that come our way there's a huge hormone element and we do a heap of um, functional testing and we're constantly with hormones seeing really dysregulated cortisol patterns um you know and like the biggest I always say to people with those tests results this is probably the most confronting test because it's like holding a mirror up and going like, what am I doing? How is my life contributing to this? Because this isn't just about um, what do I take and what do I eat? This is like, what do I need to do for myself and change my lifestyle? So I, I think about like how these tonics and and particularly with these mushrooms, how they contribute and help there um, and having that conversation with people. And I love, love, love to integrate them into something that is also a lifestyle change. So it might be like, okay, so I want, I want you to use um, this Mason's mushrooms blend or this Jing blend. But when you do that, um, see this afternoon dropping cortisol here at this time, ideally we want to take just a couple of minutes for yourself to make yourself a hot drink and sit not on your phone and just like take a few breaths and enjoy your drink. So it's like That's transformational. To, that, you know what I mean? Like what that. Just, what yeah. you just said there. Like that, that, um, that uh, ritual of having a hot drink yeah. is we, we, we underestimate like on the, on the hottest day, like ever, people are still going to go and have a hot cup of tea and a hot, or, a, you know, a, a lot of people will still have like a nice, like hot coffee. Mm. It's a ritual. And if you can do it without your phone and you can get your feet grounded and you can mm. have a little tonic that's got some jing or some chi herbs or mushrooms or whatever it is, and you feel it. That's probably the other thing that happens if you, you know, if you're meditating, taking tonic herbs, living in alignment with lifestyle, having a diet that is like conducive to your actual, you know, your, the state of your gut and what's what you know what's going to grow that you know your you know in, you know your indigenous strains of bacteria that you want to stay robust like mm-hmm. if you're doing all of that what do you have 
you have awareness. If you have mm. awareness and perception, you have a choice. You need to go through your shit of like going like, no, I don't have a choice. This is like, I'm victim-y, you know, go through that. That'll always be there. Then you actually start going, okay, I don't have the capacity to do this anymore. That's really confronting. That's an identity shed. You're going to have to go through that. You need to going to be like a badass to be able to get through that. That takes a lot of energy. But the whole point, like maybe you're not like, ah, oh, I've got all this extra energy. It's like sometimes people take chi herbs, because they're like the energy ones and they're mm. like, it's going to give me the capacity to keep on like kicking goals, even though you're kicking goals towards something that is completely misaligned with your essence. It's based on you going and proving yourself some, somehow. And so they'll take the chi herbs and they'll be like, I didn't feel energized at all afterwards. They're like, how'd you feel? They're like just really calm and just like really, you know, just like I just really wanted to relax and just like, well, the only thing that they can do is bring you into harmony and have you feel how you actually feel. They're not, they're not, it's not coffee. It's not a Red Bull. It's not a can mm. of Monster. It's not mm. here to be abused to fulfill on an agenda that's out of alignment with your Tao and your harmony and your chi. They'll help you for a little bit with that. But at some point, if you can't perceive yourself, they're going to help you perceive yourself, as will any practice. Like you go on a retreat. Everyone's like, I can't wait to get on this retreat and fast or get on this all this great food and feel amazing. And they get there, they're like, oh, I feel like shit. Why do I feel like shit? It's like, hey, it's because guess what? You feel like shit. That's how you feel. You are just ignoring that you, the fact that you feel like shit all the time, that you're just slapping fucking so like solutions and biohacking stacks on top of it all the time and so that's why it's nice every year to go and have that little bit of a reset even if it's just going like you know like it's like oh yeah it'd be nice to be able to afford i'm like just going like camp in the, the dunes at the beach mm -hmm. for two you know two nights maybe sometimes like it's like it doesn't have to be anything more than that, or, you know, a daily practice where you're just going on walkabout or whatever. But the thing that happens is you start getting a perception of your edges. Again, perception of your edges, you start getting more realistic of your capacity. You start cutting things from your life that, um, you know, like, all right, fine. I thought that was going to be me and my life for the rest of my life, but it's actually not. It's actually not my genus acquire. It's not my magic. It's not the thing mm. that has the highest yield. Other people can go and do that. And it's confronting going through that at the moment. The refinement stage, metal. That's what we're going through right now. Metal again. Hard fact be like, <laughs> oh man, this branch is so sentimental. It's like, yeah, but it's it's sucking, you know, it's sucking, you know, like up from it's make it's ugly and it's like taken away from an abundance of like, you know, other sprouts, you know, in in the future. You're gonna sacrifice everything, you know, of the like the roots of this tree just because you got sentimentality there. No, let it go. It's the whole point. Change is the only Thing that's really inevitable but yeah so you got to do that that's why i like the herbs because they don't create dependence mm -hmm. they create you know you get you get into spleen eventually is where we get spleen soil and uh that's where you start getting natural based boundaries because you're just practical just boundaries are just there you've got easily like nope i'm not going to do that anymore i know because i only have this you know like you've got full perception of like intellectually the spleen spirit that ye is going to look at your vision which comes from your liver horn and it's going to then allow that vision and those ideas to you know that artistry and you know that planning to run mm -hmm. through the shen of the heart fire and be like you know make sure we're doing that you know that that passion and that that cruise mode, that serenity can be present. And then when we land on the practice practicality of the spleen, where bonds and boundaries emerge, we intellectually look at whether we are taking very um, logical 
and doable steps towards manifesting our vision or whether we are being impractical, whether we don't actually have the resources to do that. So we need to adjust so on and so forth. And so that's all, that's all the outcomes of it. That's why I like the Taoist philosophy there, because, you know, there's actual, there's a map that's there and eventually people go deep enough and you'll be like, oh, that's where I'm stuck. I'm stuck there mm-hmm. in the spleen chi because my boundaries are terrible and I'm just an empath and I don't acknowledge, I just, I just, I just ignore reality all the time. And I just, I'm attached to that flying high spirit of the liver. That's all ideas. And, you know, like, Mm. and and I'm, you know, nothing, no reality doesn't apply. I'm just going to cross my fingers and really hope it's like, no, like Mm. it's like the liver's also, it's an artist, but it's also the general of the army and the general of the army needs to go like, all right, how much food do we have? How much, like how, how, um, um, how many, how many do we have that are injured? Um, you know, like how long is it going to take us to get there? Uh, uh, is there a risk along the way? You know, it's like, there's that level of planning mm-hmm. that needs to occur within the liver. Um, and then, yeah, cruise past the heart. The heart's just like, you know, you know chilling or, you know, having, having a laugh. And then you get to spleen and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I've been really disillusioned. Like I need to actually upskill or I need to have a boundary with, friends I have a boundary with family and a boundary with my business so that I can connect with what matters to me most and and then that runs over to the metal <laughs> the, the poem the, the metal is like all right well you know you've made a very grounded choice and it's very mature I'm proud of you bang cut you know like <laughs> yeah. and so like whack chop and drop and then you kind of chop and drop. sit in that vulnerability for a while you have the permaculture principle chop and drop and then you come back to the kidney water and the kidney water is you sit in your decisions and the and and, and get that sense of you know um cultivation of wisdom um so the metal the metal needs to be you know there can't have shit all over it and it can't mm-hmm. be scuffed up because then, then the metal can't attract the water you can't attract the water it's not going to be able to accumulate water and drop that down to the kidney essence you don't have water you don't have essence you don't have enough substance to lubricate the body and then you don't have to lubricate the body you're not going to get fresh sprouts you're not going to get fresh wood so you're going to become all dry and brittle and crusty and that's when you get really hot and fiery and too much fire. And so that's where, you know, you need to be able to sit in that wintry kidney water and be like, you know, cultivate the wisdom. What lessons did I learn this year? You know, like all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's where it all comes down to as well. That's the whole point of the herbs. Wow. Wow. I, um, yeah, there's so much in what you just said. I do think to sort of I should start to to wrap this up for you, yeah. for you to let you go too. But I... um. I I can't help but think so much about a, a lot of the people that I speak with through the clinic and I guess, you know, on a broader scale what we're talking about is just in life, like that concept of you know, we started by talking about these little subtle changes and how adding the mushrooms and the herbs are a part of what can be so powerful within that. But, um, yeah, you were sort of speaking then about how we we just can get so stuck in looking for um it's the quick wanting the quick answers or also not wanting to make the change um you know i think about mm. it constantly from a nutritional element and how food and what we eat is just so it, it's subtle but it's so powerful but then we have all of these emotional ties and relationships to how we use food and how we live our life day to day. Um, And we can kind of come to the table with going, well, I want to feel better. Um, I want to change these things, but also it's like, 
doing the work or making the change to get to where you want to be. Um, and that can be quite challenging for many people. And sometimes people just don't even realize that they're not even there. Like it's so confronting the thought of like making those changes. And even when we're talking about like the concept of taking that five minutes to have that hot tonic drink, like there can be resistance even there where it's like, well, I don't have the time or um, not prioritizing it, but I guess, you know, that's a whole, it's a whole nother sort of element and story in all of this, but it is also why I come back to the utilization of something like the tonics and the mushrooms, because I feel like there's something like I get excited about it because there's something I can say to people, you know, this isn't, this isn't as hard as some of those other things may seem to you, you know, as far as like changing some things within your lifestyle that you feel like you don't know how to even see the, you know, see a way out of that at this point, but at least like, let's start building you and nurturing you with something like this that you can add to your day. Um, that's going to contribute in a positive way. Um, so Mm. I feel like it's a, like, again, I get kind of excited and passionate about that because I'm like, this is, this is doable. (laughs) This is something that we can do. And then like, let's like use that as you start to feel better and feel that accumulation to come back to that accumulation again, to encourage you to make the next step and keep building and hopefully thriving. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not easy for a lot of people. Um, and I, I don't know whether that's also just part of like our culture still um, very much coming back to that sort of westernized concept of like, I'm not going to worry about it till it's broken. And then I'm just going to go for the quick fix. So it's like trying to retrain yeah. that whole way of thinking, um, which is a lot of what we've talked about, I think, today, as far as like nurturing and um, really looking after yourself and building a robust you. And it is confronting. It's kind of nice that it's confronting sometimes. It doesn't mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't empathize that that makes it really hard for people to take action. But, um, you know, if it wasn't confronting, you know, would you really be like, you know, making a profound change? And like, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I'll finish off and talking about like the reason I kept on going with Super Feast is because I was just so um, disillusioned with how myopic and linear medicine was and you know even just like herbalism it was just like symptom herb formula mm, beep, beep, mm. Beep. And i was like oh and i and i just you know i really you know i loved you know harry potter and i loved you know that growing <laughs> up i just wanted there to be magic and so um of course an integrated type of magic but it's one of them so when you're confronted it's like yeah you're probably going to discover a new mm. realm here and it's hard to go into a new realm but it's another it's a new ecosystem so yeah trust your instinct to like not dive in maybe you don't have the you know maybe you don't have the skill set yet so to really you know maneuver through that realm so you know go really slow if you're really confronted or if you know you do and you're just kind of like scared shitless because you're going to reach your potential you know yeah just like go hard break the Mm. rules of the label dose, you know, go, you know, like, you know, jump into the deep end if that's, you know, if that's you, but yeah, likewise, maybe as someone who, you know, that you, you it's like, oh my God, this is going to bring up so much. I know it's going to like 
challenge a lot of things that you know my family believe in and I'm going to enter into that realm and know that uh, I'm the one that's called you know I'm I'm really responsible and there yes there's a lot of science but you know you're not going to be able to convince people of this even with literature you know there are mm-hmm. th- there are things you're going to start feeling and that's why there's the terminology of jing chi shen that's why there's terminology of yin yang or um heart fire or kidney water because they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You know, you can't, you know, you, you know, you, what, do you, what do you mean your kidney essence? You know, like, what do you, like, oh, you mean this marker of like bone marrow, you know, is, you know, it's like, you know, that kind of stuff. They're going to try and keep it. It's like, yeah. And you want to be able to play in that realm, but mm. it's a completely different realm. Body perception, the cultivation of self, the perception of chi and vitality, the perception mm. of like, you know, heart essence. It's a different dimension that you're going to go into it's a new magical dimension and you need to be comfortable with uh, you know like with uh, um how to integrate that into where you're currently at so yeah take heed of that confronting mm. feeling and you know make a smart decision around it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely thank you so much i don't is there anything else you wanted to add before we finish because i feel like I, I could just keep on chatting about this with you for for ages but um at the at the moment anything else you'd like to add i don't think so i mean like if anyone's just like well, who do i take you know just like, like after all of it just be like it doesn't matter just take anything just like mm-hmm. seriously just like and just take anything you can take any of them um it's really you know like if there's just yeah, follow follow the instinct. If you don't want to think about it, just go grab some mason's mushrooms. Just grab yeah. that, yeah, easy. You got mason's mushrooms, or if you know you heard us talking about jing and you know you're tired, just grab, go just go grab some jing. Easy, mm-hmm. done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I I always um one of my very popular drinks that I've managed to get a lot of people onto over the years is called a pimped up matcha and um, mm. my absolute ritual is adding a kind of quarter to half a teaspoon of mason mushroom into that every morning. So if there's people listening <laughs> that are also like what I want to start with and also what do I put it into, pimped up matcha. <laughs> it's like yeah. heaven. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Trojan horse that in lots of places. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Mace. This has just been amazing. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your passion with everyone. Um, I just, it, it oozes out of you. And as I said, that authenticity is just so strong too. And I think that is just another massive part of what makes Super Feast what it is. And I really can't wait to see what it becomes i'm really excited to see yeah where this journey takes you so thank you yeah me too me too let's let's see thanks for so much for having me it's fun fun chat I knew it would be yes <laughs> what a great chat i so enjoyed that conversation with mason I find the way he looks at the world so refreshing and obviously I'm sure you could pick up that there was a lot there that we both were quite passionate about but I cannot uh, express how much I love what Superfeast does and really adore their products. You can find out more about Superfeast by heading to their website which is superfeast.com.au And of course, you can find Superfeast on social media. If you're not already following them, um, jump on over onto Instagram, Superfeast. It's that easy. Uh, Mason, 
has some pretty interesting um, and enjoyable educational video content on there too. So cannot again recommend enough. And guys, as I said, pimped up matcha. (laughs) Plenty of ways you can use a product, but if you're already a pimped up matcha lover, get it in there. It's delicious. Okay, bye.